Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey, all right, you guys, welcome to episode 55 of Grow Bud Yourself, and we have a great show in store for you guys today. Our guest is Mr. Kyle Cushman, back again uh, with a vengeance to uh, let us know all about what's going on with him and and talk about all kinds of interesting stuff. Uh, Mike and I are going to talk about a little news, and then uh, we have our cultivation segment as well with our Strain of the Fortnite uh, a segment on hydrophobic soil uh, and some grow Q&A. So stick around for episode 55 brought to you by Excelsior Extracts, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, and Rocket Seeds. Hey, you guys, I really want to thank our sponsors from Excelsior Extracts. These are great friends of the show, uh, great friends of mine for many years, incredible growers, incredible people, and they have made some incredible products as well, including their THC-infused pain rub. And you know it works because you're talking about people who are real, true cannabis medical patients that are making this. Just want to shout out Outcast and, and uh, TOH. Check them out on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. That's E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R-E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S. Excelsior Extracts. DM them if you're interested in trying out that pain relief rub. Tell them Grow Bud Yourself sent you. And uh, yeah, man, thank you to uh, T and O from Excelsior for sponsoring the show and being just such great friends and supporters. All right, welcome back, and we are here with episode number 55. Uh, can't think of a ton of uh, number stuff for that, although obviously the first thing that comes to mind is uh, Mr. Sammy Hagar and his uh, his hit from the 80s, I believe, uh, I Can't Drive 55. 55. Uh, that one? Like a- Like a, a protest about the speed limit? Yes. Is that right? Interesting. He's not uh, a sissy. He doesn't want to drive 55 miles an hour, I think is what oh. he's saying. Oh, so he, he meant that he, he prefers to drive faster than 55. Not that I mean, that's he my has trouble reaching of, 55? <laughs> no, I think, I think he can't hold himself to just 55. So he's got like, speed. Yes, you know, like huh? like Bob Dylan wrote protest songs. You know, hard rain's right. gonna fall and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Blowing in the Sammy wind. Hagar, he was protesting driving fifty five miles an hour. Wow. Okay. Well, I think I'm gonna feel really foolish <laughs> if I'm wrong about this. Oh no, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that's that's the case. Okay. Uh, also, uh, you know, the second best singer in Van Halen. I'm a I'm a big Diamond Dave fan, actually. Sure. What's not to like? Yeah. Exactly. Welcome to uh, Grow Bud Yourself. I'm Mike, he's Dan. <laughs> yes, indeed. And uh, yeah, what's we got anything in the news? What's going on lately? 
Yeah, man. Uh, we know that you guys, you come to us primarily for cultivation information, but we like to keep you guys sort of apprised of what's going on in the world of weed. And uh, here's just some of the headline news, the big stuff that caught our eye uh, over the last week. And uh, I guess people always say maybe don't discuss politics, religion, and the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> um, we're going to break the rules and just get right into uh, all of that. Except the Packers. We're going to start it off with religion and a new Pew poll was just released. And overall, the poll found that 60% of Americans favor legalizing both medical and recreational cannabis. However, the atheists really favor it. 88% of atheists uh, support legalization across the board. While only 54% of people that consider themselves religious support it. And just to break those numbers down a little bit more, uh, 53% of Protestants and 53% of Catholics are in favor of it, so that's encouraging. Uh, white evangelical Protestants were the least likely group to support uh, just 44% of them. However, on the other hand, black Protestants were the most supportive group of uh, legalization, with 63% in favor. So, yeah, uh, overall, 60% of Americans, 54% of religious people, and 76% of non-religious people all supporting legalization. Thank God. Let's <laughs> 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 see what you did there. Uh, you see what I did there? Yeah, no, I mean, like, where do these religious people think plants come from? I mean, mm. if you believe in God and God created the plant... Did he create it to tempt you into, like, doing something wrong? I, I don't quite understand what the reasoning there is. And, like, there's good ones and bad ones. I, uh, Yeah, it's weird. But as a non-religious person, I, uh, it's hard for me to understand the, the mindset. So, you know, maybe one of our, our more pious <laughs> listeners can, <laughs> can let us know. Uh, what they think, but uh, to me, cannabis, if you are uh, religious, it's just another example of, uh, you know, God's creations and and uh, makes people feel good and, and, and helps them to enjoy their existence and can't really see anything wrong with that. Uh, nothing really against it in the Bible, obviously. I mean, there's the burning bush. Uh, if anything, you know, there's some positive references. I've given you all the seed-bearing plants, uh, you know, and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't, <laughs> it's hard to hard to wrap my mind around that one. Except uh, just to know that, like, even when they are religious, it's it's over fifty percent. Yeah, I was uh, going to say that's so at it's, least it's, encouraging. It's actually right? somewhat encouraging. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if I had to guess, I probably would have guessed less. So mm -hmm. uh, that is encouraging. And again, there's nothing particularly uh, Christ-like about locking people up for a nonviolent, uh, you know, crime that's, you know, that's technically in your mind only hurting them anyway. So mm -hmm. very strange uh, that you know that there would be this opposition to cannabis from religious people particularly because it's only been illegal for 80 something years it's not like right. there's a long you know tradition of it and even in you know uh traditionally muslim countries that are hash producing nations uh, there's nothing in their religions against hash although there is against alcohol uh which is interesting so they are forbidden from drinking alcohol uh and yet they can smoke hash all day long uh as far as i know so I don't know. 
<laughs> the Quran was the uh, original cannabis is safer than alcohol document. <laughs> right? I guess yeah, so. Yeah, but I mean, look, I'm, I'm a little encouraged. It's only 6% off the national uh, average, and it, mm-hmm. over, it's a, you know, overall supporting, so... Yeah. yeah, I've probably mentioned this on the show before, but I actually spoke to a rabbi one time and I asked him about cannabis and all of the, all of this. And uh, mm. he told he said that, you know, there's man's law and there's God's law. And, you know, as a religious person, you're required to follow God's law. And as a citizen of a country, you're supposed to follow man's law. But the one that matters, you know, <laughs> that reverberates through eternity and that matters after you're gone is man's law. I mean, I'm sorry, is God's uh, no. law. <laughs> All right, is God's law. And therefore, you know, man's laws change and, and adapt and, and are constantly uh, changing. So, yeah, I, I just I thought that was interesting that there was a distinction between God's law and man's law. Yeah, for sure. But still an encouraging poll just a few years ago, I would not uh, have expected to see such positive numbers. Uh, let's move on to this next story. And it's a new report from MPP. That's the uh, Marijuana Policy Project. And they found... Get this, man. They found the legal pot states with retail sales have generated nearly $8 billion in tax revenue from marijuana since legal sales started in 2014. $8 billion. In fact, adult use states collected $2.7 billion in taxes from cannabis sales last year alone. That's amazing. Uh, it just goes to show that, you know, what we've been saying for all these years is true. It's just let us let us be legal unleash uh us as a as an industry and we will show that not only uh can we benefit society and benefit the world but we can actually benefit people that don't smoke don't consume cannabis with all this amazing revenue that can come in rather than spending money on locking people up and wasting police resources and all of this wastefulness that we have uh with our money instead you know, take in more and spend it on the right things. And, uh, yeah, once again, cannabis showing the way. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's incredible to think about that number, especially last year. What what we're talking about, even though there are, there are more states that have legalized cannabis, there's only, what would you say, 10, I think, off the top of my head that have retail sales implemented. Yeah, and those right. 10 states or so, have ta- they brought in nearly $3 billion in tax revenue just last year during the pandemic so that's got to be encouraging right i mean there's 50 states yeah i mean that's a ton of money that's uh, you know it's a huge industry it's comparable to may other major major industries it's not niche it's not uh some you know tiny percentage of our gross domestic product it's actually a substantial amount and uh and I and will continue to grow you know as more states come on board and more people realize you know how amazing this plant is and what uh what a great replacement it makes for things that they could be harming themselves with uh yeah i think it's the sky's the limit and we're just we're just showing the world what we're capable of and and we've only scratched the surface so it's encouraging news it's good and uh you know that again i would that's something i would have predicted you know it's cannabis is going to make a bunch of money and when you legalize it then the money's going to go back into uh helping you know build roads and schools and all of that Danny's pot for potholes campaign continues. Uh, (laughs) Let's do one more here. This one, it's a sad story, but hopefully it has a bit of a happy ending. Um, So there was this Pennsylvania eye doctor, and he started growing cannabis to help his dying wife 
use fewer opioids. She was she was taking a lot of painkillers for her illness, and he started growing to help her wean off of that. And well, he, he ended up going to jail for six months, and he lost his license to practice because after his wife died, and he started dismantling the grow, somebody dropped a dime on him. They saw some of his trim or whatever out in the trash. They, they called it in. The police got a search warrant. They raided his place, found 28 plants, and confiscated him. He ended up pleading guilty. This is back in 2014. And just a couple years before uh, Pennsylvania actually passed a medical cannabis law. So anyway, uh, this doctor, a doctor for 30 years, pleaded guilty, ended up doing six months in jail, lost his license to practice. Just this week, he was pardoned by Governor Tom Wolf in Pennsylvania. So... Hopefully there's a happy ending and the pardon will allow him to return to practicing medicine, but this goes sort of to what you've preached on this show over and over again about uh, home grow rules. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what an awful thing and how good of the governor to, uh, you know, to pardon that man and release him. That's ridiculous that he had to go through that. Um, Pennsylvania is in a very interesting state, and I think it's it's one of the main... Uh, dominoes that's going to fall in the very near future uh, when it comes to uh, recreational cannabis. Uh, the governor obviously is is in support. We've got Fetterman. Uh, he's the, I believe, lieutenant governor, but running for uh, senator and hopefully will win senator because I really like that guy. He's pretty amazing. Big, amazing uh, bear of a man who's uh, I, I agree with on pretty much every subject that I've heard him speak about. So he was a mayor that uh, that changed his town as a mayor and now is changing the whole state and I think uh, has a future in politics. Uh, I hope, you know, he's very honest and that can hurt politicians sometimes, but uh, I like him and I support him. So I think uh, Pennsylvania ha- is one of those states that's really going to make a huge difference in the very near future. I think the governor wolf uh for doing that uh and i hope that they just continue to progress uh make progress towards real law reform yeah me too and just imagine being the the person who dropped a dime on this poor 64 year old doctor who was only growing pot to to help his dying wife and you called and you called it in on him right after his wife died and he went to jail oh gosh that's awful awful yeah That's a little bit of a look at what's going on in the world of cannabis, but we have much more to get to in this show. Yes, indeed. And a wonderful guest, uh, our old pal. He's always a great guest, a big friend of the pod, uh, a mentor and a friend and an absolute growing legend, uh, Kyle Cushman. So I guess without further ado, uh, or should we ado further? What do you think, Mike? Do you have any other ado? No, I'm pretty much dude out. You do now. <laughs> I got no more doo doo. Well, let's let's go to Kyle. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're gonna take a break, and we will be back after these messages with the legend, the one and only Kyle Cushman. Stick around. Hey, you guys, I want to tell you guys about a sponsor of ours, Rocket Seeds. Uh, check them out at rocketseeds.com. They have a ton, I mean, over 500 different varieties of cannabis strains available. Uh, high quality seeds, great genetics. Uh, they ship worldwide. 
which is very important, uh, reliable support. And they also ship for a variety of different seed banks. They've got feminized seeds, autoflowering seeds, regular seeds, uh, CBD seeds. A lot of people are looking for that. So check them out at rocketseeds.com or on Instagram, rocket underscore seeds. They are awesome and we are really happy to have them on as a sponsor. So check them out, blast off and get your seeds from rocketseeds.com. All right, we are back, and uh, we have a very special guest for you guys this week. Uh, he has been on the show before. In fact, uh, he's been on the original Free Weed Show and on Grow Bud Yourself. I think uh, one of the only people to uh, appear multiple times on both. Uh, so and thank first you, guest too, right? Our first, first ever guest, guest on, right? On both, I think. <laughs> Indeed, my mentor, my friend, uh, my colleague, and. Uh, you know, I guess my uh, brother from another mother plant, Mr. Kyle Cushman. Welcome, Kyle. Oh, we definitely have a trend going on here. I don't, I don't know how special I am, but I'm, I'm special to you, and yes. that's what matters. Indeed, you are, because honestly, I owe uh, much of my success to you in a lot of ways, and I think a lot of other people do as well. I mean, for me, you were the one who encouraged me uh, to write. Uh, when we were colleagues at High Times. But even before that, when I was a High Times reader, you were the one that encouraged me to grow organically because you were writing about this in the 90s. Tell me a little bit about like what inspired you to go organic way back when and, and, and how that trend has, has changed over time. Well, you know, you really kind of brought a chill up my spine thinking about what it was like to actually like to grow in the 80s and then be offered an opportunity to, well, first grow, you know, to, to, to write for high times, to work with high times. And uh, it's not like it is today, you know, um, in every sense of the word. It was just, it was this amazing countercultural underground uh, semi-illegal opportunity, you know, it was, it was, it was a little shaky back then. <laughs> and, uh, but that made it really exciting. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was fun trading my street paranoia of really, you know, just being a drug dealer and a grower and a clandestine grower for this opportunity to, to mainstream to, to, to take her job and to try to master a new craft. And, and then, you know, and that's why I'm always so eager to, you know, to pass it down, to pay it forward, to, to, to lend whatever kind of, you know, just to share anything that I've learned along the way, because it's been so prosperous, you know, just not even just in a monetary sense. It's, it's really, my whole growth is tied up in, cannabis and the cannabis culture. Indeed. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to describe to people um, that combination of, of, of fear and excitement and paranoia and uh, all of those things that we had back in those days. Uh, you know, you couldn't really talk to anybody, <laughs> right? I mean, you couldn't really. No, I literally I literally would have the talk with my girlfriend or, you know, you know, like we're moving into this house 
It's a na- you, you, you can't talk to the neighbors. What do you mean you can't talk to them? Like, like if you see them coming over as you go into the mailbox, kind of wave and walk in the house. You <laughs> can't have a conversation with the neighbors. It, it was bizarre, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just because you're paranoid, it doesn't mean that uh, people aren't out to get you, which they were. And, and you know, <laughs> it was law enforcement. It was uh, the criminal element that also, you know, knows that they can rob you and get away with it because there's nothing you can do really about it. And uh, it really does in, in, engender a certain amount of, uh, of fear, you know, just pure fear and adrenaline, especially, gosh, when you're harvesting and the plants are drying and... You know, you can smell your house from a block away, uh, <laughs> you know. Or you when you come home uh, and there's 18 inches of snow on everybody else's roof, but your roof has no snow on it because you're growing in the attic. <laughs> or you come home from grocery shopping one day and your girlfriend says, hey, do you know a Tony? He came by looking for Marianne. I'm like, oh, no, those were cops. They'll be back. And we clear out the house. And sure enough, that night, knock, knock, knock at the door. And, you know, yeah, yeah. it was, we, you know, we have a lot to be thankful for. But, you know, uh, I try to continue to pay it forward. And, um, you know, the homegrown is, that's why I'm really, really happy to be working with the Homegrown Cannabis Co. Just like mm-hmm. the name of your show, Grow Bud Yourself. It's all about continuing to educate people and inspire people to grow their own, right? I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the best mission I have right now, more than trying to sell weed or, or anything, really. It's, it's just to continue... Uh, you know, the, to, to borrow an old phrase, you know, overgrow the government, right? It used to be, you know, the more we grow, the more accepted we'll, we'll have to become. And, and I still think that's a really important thing because there's a, still a lot of resistance. And, um, and where there's not resistance, a lot of times it's going in a, not a shade, just a, a, a not the best direction for, the old timers right. and, and the people who laid down the groundwork and stuff like that. So yeah, just I trying mean, to stay ever funny. present. It's funny that the fear that, you know, that people used to have uh, for, you know, law enforcement and, uh, you know, criminals and things uh, has now kind of shifted to a, a, a fear and distrust of corporations that are, you know, jumping into the industry, uh, going public, taking over, buying other companies and all this stuff. Uh, and ultimately growing your own takes you completely out of that equation it really does it's the true freedom there's no greater cannabis freedom than creating your own cannabis out of thin air it's just better quality and and it's got the energy that you imbibed it with but let me talk let's talk about the organic thing a little bit more because like i said you were way ahead of the curve with this um then you know later pioneering uh organics if i was ahead or not well, as far as publicizing it, for sure. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> certainly there were underground farmers experimenting with natural methods. Uh, but what what inspired you to go that route and 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 uh, you know to spread that kind of uh, uh, knowledge? Um, you know, I'm thinking back to my very first harvest ever. And that was when somebody brought a lamp and an Emily's garden to my house and pH test strips and a tub of green powder and a tub of blue powder. And uh, I grew that weed. And, 
You know, I think it was just experimentation more than anything else. I think it was, um, it was, it might've been a, 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 a striving for a better product, you know, and just thinking that, um, something could be better than the stuff that of the powders that I'm growing in. So I think I went to like my local home Depot and bought some Dr. Earths and some Alaskan fish emulsion and some, you know, maxi crop seaweed, you know, and then, you know, at home I had the growers Bible by Ed, uh, Ed Rosenthal and Mel Frank. And so, you know, I would read about uh, NPK and then I'd correlate what I read with NPKs of things that I was able to purchase. And, and then also, you know, I just, it was just, like I said, it was experimentation. I realized that you could kind of add NPKs up just like math. So if you had a five, five, five and a 10, 10, 10, and you put them on top of each other and you add it up, that makes a 15, 15, 15. And since I've, I've had people who are much more scientific tell me that that's not an exact correlation, but it's pretty close. So by going, oh, this is the NPK of the seaweed, and this is the NPK of the fish fertilizer, and this is the NPK of this, I experimented adding things together and building them up, and that's how I laid the foundation for, you know, being an organic farmer that basically made my own nutrients out of bat guano and bird guano, and then eventually led to, you know, making my own nutrient line. <laughs> yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, there is something about lightly feeding with natural plant foods that that results in cleaner burning cannabis i mean it's 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 undoubtable now tell me what you've got going undoubtable? on undoubtable undoubtable is a new word that i just invented <laughs> just coined a new phrase there <laughs> i wanted to make sure we noticed <laughs> there we go um tell me about what you got going on with homegrown cannabis co because this is very uh, interesting homegrown cannabis co man i'm really excited and happy i've got about three years since we started laying the groundwork um, for, oh, we've got about a couple of hundred videos. If you include all the, uh, the educational videos with the strain reviews, um, with the how to's with the comedy videos. And, um, we launched the website. They launched the website, uh, going on two years ago now. And I get thank yous and pictures of people's first times gardens like weekly almost daily now and so the quality of the seed is amazing they've amassed like a catalog of between 250 and 350 uh really popular strains that are all feminized um all real high quality stabilized seed seed stock and so this is for people that just really just want to get right to it. Um, I've smoked what I like. I know what I like. Um, you can buy as little as one seed. They sell one packs, three packs, five packs. Um, and uh, they guarantee germination. And we have how to germinate and how to sprout and uh, how to veg and how to flower and how to build a grow room. You can go to... Uh, homegrowncannabiscode.com. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm really, really happy with how happy everybody else is out there um, growing their favorite strain, whether it's Bruce Banner or Gorilla Glue or Original Kush or, or Cookie Strain. 
And uh, so, you know, I just, I just want to address the elephant in the room, which is, you know, oh, they just copied everybody and they're making money. You know, anybody who started off, no matter who it is, started off by acquiring someone else's genetics. Nobody's lying to anybody. Nobody's saying they created it. All they're doing is doing a service of feminizing it and providing you with the opportunity to buy it. So I don't see where there should be any haters in the room. Um, you know, it's just another, it's just another way of creating revenue. It's high quality. It's guaranteed. Uh, and uh, I'm having a good time with them. Yes, that's awesome. Now, you and I both obviously know the drama that surrounds <laughs> some cannabis strains. And, that's why I had you know, to make a mention. Exactly, you know? exactly. And people have these claims, you know, a lot of the breeders out there are very possessive over their genetics, <laughs> you know. But ultimately, when you sit back and look at it, I mean, you know, the, everything people are working with these days are, are, are very much polyhybrids and and uh, there's a lot of, of genetic uh, material that's basically uh, very mixed and goes back to just a, a, a handful of land races from around the world anyways that are, you know, the breeding material from which everything arises. And when you cross something very different, uh, that's when you find something new. And yet once you put seeds of it out, I mean, it's out, out there in the world. People can you know, grow it. it all, it all comes down to, um, what you do with it. Okay. So for example, okay. I got the guy who gave me the strawberry cough. He flipped on me a couple, like a, like a year or two ago. He called me a, three years ago and, Oh, I'm so happy. I gave it to you. I knew something good would happen. And then all of a sudden he had a mental breakdown or something. See, I shouldn't, I should be nicer than that. Cause this is what pisses people off. You know, and, and now, you know, and then he starts bad-mouthing that I never did nothing for him and I made millions of dollars. All I did was give it away to everybody. And I made it prominent. And it's a good chance that if I hadn't brought it to New York City, that it never would have been in Children of Men and it never would have become the highest delivery weed in New York City and it never would have made it around the world because I'm the one that brought it to 10 different states personally. You know, so it's... It, it's like I said, if you made it, that's why I always give credit where credit is due, okay? But like you said, once it's released into the world, um, anybody is free to throw some pollen on it and call it polyhybrid A, A1, because I made it. And if I can, I meaning any, you know, can manage to bring it to prominence somehow or create a revenue stream from people who want to buy that, then that's no different than the big guys who we all know and love who took the original thing from Amsterdam and managed to make it into a big thing in America. It's just, it, you know, it's, it, it, it's fair as fair. It's fair dinkum, you know. It's not love and war. It's about not taking credit for things you didn't do and trying to acknowledge it, you know, what you do know, who, who did what. That's all we can do for each other. Indeed. One of the things I really loved about Strawberry Cough for all those years is really had no restrictions. <laughs> you know, you could share it with anybody and, and not have to worry that, you know, that someone was going to then turn around and get upset uh, with you. And that's what allowed it to 
to spread around the world and and uh there's there's really nothing wrong with that especially when you know the credit goes where it's due uh as you say uh but if someone wants to take that and you know back cross it or breed with it or whatever they want to do especially if they're going to come up with something new and interesting and different then more power to them you know i think that's you know really the motivation behind a strain hoarding has always been you know a little bit of greed <laughs> right a little bit of if I share this, I'm not going to be able to charge as much for it. And someone else will, will be making it and, and I'll have to share in, you know, those profits or something with them. You know, the, you know the, I kind of came up with, I don't know if I came up with it, but I, I don't read a lot. So I, I came up with this term the other day, kind of for myself. I think I'm a benevolent narcissist. Anybody <laughs> ever heard that term before? <laughs> Not, not in that combination. So, so what I mean is, is I like I really love myself. I think I'm pretty cool, and I take care of myself. And you know, I like I put I believe always treat yourself the way you want the world to treat you. So if I'm pulling up at a restaurant or a hotel, I'm a fucking rock star, you know, you know, whatever, you know. But you, you, somebody really smart once said. Um, if you want to get far in life, don't tell people about what you can do. Help them to do it too. So I didn't know that that's what I was doing. I think it's just my personality was to want to, you know, I think I'll get more help along the way by helping others. Yeah, indeed. You know? Well, you know, looking at your plants uh, over the years, many times I've and many uh, gardens, your your vegging plants always look so healthy, and your even once they're flowering, you you, you manage. <laughs> yes, and I want to know the secret. Uh, how you know what is it? You know, I know uh, you like to use uh, deep square containers. Uh, it's and... not a thing. It's it, it's not a thing. It's not a product. It's a methodology, and my and when right. I made that whip sound. What it really is, it's confidence. It's confidence that I've gained over always pushing my plants to the absolute max. And even though I feed naturally and organically, I'm always pushing them to the max. Because, you know, you can always rinse them out a little bit, you know. And what I want to know is, can the light be closer? Can the food be higher? Now, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a duality kind of guy because I'm also like a, a moderate, right? I'm not all, but it's the experience that's a, that allows me at every stage to push these plants to the extreme because I just know that I can. And along with just, it's not like I, I automatically have a crystal ball in my, and I know everything right when I need to know it. It's that I continuously observe and put myself in the garden multiple times a day so that I will notice immediately if that light is too close and I'll back it off. So I'm continuously checking myself, you know, 
Um, I, I, I have that confidence to know, yeah, you know what? I can bump that up right now, but I'm going to watch to make sure and gain. Did I do the right thing? Am I, was I absolutely right or should I not do that on the next round? So like I said, it's not a crystal ball. It's a continuous learning. It's a lot of observation. It's a lot of just really caring granularization about steps, you know? And, and uh, you know, it's just, there's no replacement for thousands upon thousands of hours of thinking about how much further you can break down an operation. You know, like I said, you know, how much more you can check it. Like, does, like is two hours too soon? Am I not going to be able to notice anything in two hours? Really, like you get to the point where um, like that sounds crazy, but you know, your head works at you know, a million thoughts a second. So it doesn't, it's not hard to think about that for a moment, you know? And then you get in these patterns where, you know what? You know, when I have a high yield room going, I probably am going to check it every two hours. Right. So, you know, it's really that. It's, it's knowing, I guess, knowing where the line is, once in a while crossing that line and then being able to approach it without crossing it over and over uh, right. is kind of what that makes me think of. In, in terms of, let's say, watering, it's like letting your plant go limp a little bit just to know how it feels when you lift that container and it's devoid of any liquid. Right. And that, it, that it, sort it's of all of those things. And see, I don't, I don't let the plants go limp anymore, right? Because after so many years, but I will let it go right to that point so that I can just get those containers just full of roots, not just around the pot edge where you can see it, but it's really interior because they're searching for every last drop of water. So it's, it's I guess it's just my intensity. It's oh. almost muscle memory in a way. I mean, that's how people train themselves to do, uh, you know, high intensity tasks and things is they do it over and over and over so many times that it becomes part of the routine. And, and then they know where that line is and how to approach it without crossing it. You have and, to have, you have to have a, you have to have both uh, a high confidence level and a high ability to doubt yourself. You understand? <laughs> it's so, a contradiction, but yeah, it, 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 <laughs> I get it. It, it is, but it, it isn't. You know, they, they say that um, some of the most intelligent people doubt themselves the most. It's that line, you know, it's a complete duality. You can't push them to the absolute max without having that confidence but you also can't push them to that absolute max without knowing that on the other side of the action, you have the intelligence to still check yourself. Right. Interesting. So, so you know, someone with, with two, an abundance, an overabundance of, of confidence wouldn't be checking the plants every two hours because they would just think, oh, I'm an expert and I know what's going on and they'll be fine. So it's that combination where you know, you know and yet you still check. <laughs> yeah, because every single plant is different. They're like children, right? 
And every situation is different, whether you're growing in a tent, you know, so the ones on the edge of the tent are not getting as much light. And you may have the biggest plant there that drinks the most, but it's not photosynthesizing as fast. And the one in the center is small. So it's always different. It's just always different. And um, that's what keeps it interesting, you know? I've been luckier than some, and I haven't been quite as lucky as others. It's all, it's all relative. And so because I haven't made the jump yet to that commercial sense where it all comes down to dollars and cents and, and square inches and per yield, per hour, per day, per month, per year, um, my priorities haven't changed. My priorities since I started growing haven't changed. And so every time, it's weird. You know, occasionally I decide, like, I don't want to have any plants in the house. I moved in with my new family and got a new wife. And then I can go and I realize, you know, I'm happy with plants in the house. <clears throat> and then the outside garden becomes a main thing. It's, it's as soon as I have a garden in the house it becomes the main priority and uh, it becomes obsessive and that's just my personality. <laughs> well, one of the things he taught me years ago uh, was about the long cure. Uh, mm. Basically, after drying your plants and putting your buds into jars, basically just leaving them in the jar for months and months, sometimes even a year plus. Uh, now, ha have, has your thinking on that evolved at all? Ha are you still a big fan of the long cure? Are you? Um, yeah, man. Uh, curing is everything. In fact, um, you know, I'll be honest. Uh, my veganic weed doesn't even begin to taste good to me until two, three weeks afterwards. So it's kind of odd. So like you get this really good top shelf hydro LA weed that, you know, has a two week cure on it and you buy it. And if you hold onto it for two weeks, it's dust. There's nothing left to it. You know, even if you keep it in the jar, but then organic weed or especially veganic weed, once you cure it for two, three weeks properly, it almost seems like you can leave it on the table here where we have regular humidity and the bud just soaks up humidity from the air, almost like it's still alive. And the cure, it adds so much to the flower and too much, so much to the, to, to the smoking enjoyment of the flower. You're not going to get that from any real large commercial operation that I know of. Um, but I'm still looking and I'm, <laughs> I, I'm in negotiations with some really wonderful people about, you know, a multi-million dollar facility within my reach where everything will be hand watered and composted soil, maybe even living beds. And, uh, you know, where it's worked in, everything is reused and you got you got a space over here where you can dump that out and let that sit for two months while you do this. 
Yeah, so, you know, artisan weed is always going to be artisan weed, and commercial weed is always going to be commercial weed. <laughs> well, that's why, uh, you know, that's why we try to encourage home grow as much as possible, because of, of that exact thing. I mean, the quality is just better. Uh, it's cheaper to produce, and it's fun. I mean, that's what people forget, too. I mean, don't you have fun in the grow? I mean... You just said it's it meditative. Your it's, priority. It's, tol <laughs> it's totally meditative, and um, I lose track of time. And uh, you know, uh, I gotta admit, um, I do like having somebody in the garden, not necessarily to talk to. Sometimes I get a little lonely in the garden, but then you turn the music up really loud, you know, and uh, play some Rush. <laughs> and the plants love it, right? the louder the better <laughs> nice well uh tell people how they can find out more about uh you and uh the projects that you're involved in and all the things that uh that you're doing right now well my favorite platform i don't care what anybody says is instagram it's very um you know all this shadow banning and stuff i don't even know if it's real you know it's just something you know, I don't know, but um, anyways. You got the blue check over there, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> uh, well, but anybody, anybody asks me to say, you know, write yes and comment so that you can help me, but I don't even know if that stuff is real. I think, <laughs> I think, you know, I mean, I'm not saying Instagram always has the best intentions or anything. There's a lot of robots running that place, and it's bullshit. But, uh, but, but the community on Instagram is freaking awesome. I love it. So anyways, Kyle Cushman 420 on Instagram. Um, check out at Homegrown World. That's the Homegrown Instagram. And um, yeah, my Facebook is live again. Believe it or not, I got, I got banned from my own Facebook page. Yeah, I can, I can comment on my Facebook page as Vega Matrix, um, but I can't comment as Kyle Cushman. Because so many people reported all the fraud Kyle Cushman's that the real one got lumped in there and I got shut off. So, you know, so now I'm fighting with the Facebook gods, you know, to let me comment on my own page again. So <laughs> crazy. Now, what about cultivars with character? What's that all about? Oh, thanks. Uh, cultivars with character is, uh, is a really cool collection of cultivars that were hand selected by myself and Swami and Nikki from uh, Swami Selects and um, Steve D'Angelo, who's a worldwide uh, cannabis em emissary and, and activist. And we all picked out um, some of our favorite cultivars from their library. And I picked out the, uh, the uh, Cherry AK, the uh, Sweet Island Skunk, and... Oh, I can't think of the third one. You're killing me. I should have it tattooed on my hand. But you can go to Homegrown World or HomegrownCannabisCo.com and click on Cultivars with Character. They're really, really high-quality genetics. Nice. That's awesome. And uh, I, I guess it's Skywalker is one of them. Skywalker yes! OG. Skywalker OG. Thank you. That's <laughs> All right. Perfect. One. Thanks, Ed. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you to Kyle Cushman, our uh, great friend, mentor, uh, colleague, and like I said, uh, my brother from another mother plant, uh, thanks for being on the show. We will be back after these messages with more Grow Bud Yourself. Hey guys, I want to tell you about Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients. They have an incredible line of organic fertilizers, 
uh, brand new legacy line as well, which is organic and some synthetics. A lot of really incredible tools for the modern gardener. So check them out at sweetleaf.com, S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F. The code DANKO15 gets you 15% off of everything that you can get at Sweetleaf, which also includes uh, complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits, uh, a bunch of different apparel and merch, and their signature line of amazing nutrients. If you join our Patreon, uh, you can get even more codes for 20 or even 25% off of Sweetleaf newts and other products. I want to thank them for being a sponsor, and as always, tell them that Grow Bud Yourself sent you. All right, welcome back, and uh, gotta say thanks to Kyle uh, for yet another uh, very awesome, insightful uh, chat. Yeah, man, it, it just occurred to me when you were introducing him that he was uh, he was actually our first guest ever on Free Weed, and then our first guest ever on on this show on Grow Bud Yourself. Yes, indeed, and that's really by design, uh, since he's really the inspiration for me behind a lot of. You know where I, where I've gotten to in my career, so gotta thank, gotta say thanks to him and him being you know the first guest on both shows. I think is gonna be the answer to a trivia question on an upcoming Danko trivia night, <laughs> uh, probably at Danko's place, the New York Consumption Lounge, where you do your Jake Lamata routine. <laughs> That's right, indeed, indeed. Yeah, so thank you to Kyle. Uh, he's always an amazing guest, and it's great to catch up with him. Just where we were back then, and where we're at now, and and the theme that runs through it all is this wonderful plant so that's pretty rad and uh yeah and it's good just... to see that that rush hasn't changed either <laughs> exactly yeah he's famous for his uh drumming on his desk <laughs> back in the old office and you know that's how you'd know we were about to go out and smoke and that kind of thing so he's awesome um but uh you know we are both kyle and i and you on a mission to teach people to grow their own uh, and to improve the quality of their homegrown and and really just to sort of be here as a as a guide, you know, so to speak. And uh, that involves teaching people how to grow and that involves uh, also letting them know what strains are out there and are available to grow. Uh, On which... that note. <laughs> and yes, this is a fortnight. And yes, this is a fortnight. Strain of the fortnight. What do you got for us? Uh, what do you got for us this week? Strain of the fortnight. <laughs> Strain of the fortnight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, I love it. Yes. So, uh, obviously, everyone knows that, that that song means it is time for a strain of the fortnight. What do you got for us this week or this fortnight? Yes, Strain of the Fortnite is brought to you by Rocket Seeds. Uh, they are an amazing seed bank. They provide high-quality seeds from tons of different uh, seed banks as well as their own. They ship worldwide. They have tons of different sales. They have feminized, auto-flowering seeds, regular seeds, CBD seeds, and fast version seeds. So all the different options are out there at rocketseeds.com. So uh Check them out and tell them Grow Bud Yourself sent you. And our strain for this fortnight is Cherry Pie Feminized. 
uh, which is actually available from Rocket Seeds. It's bred by SunWest Genetics. Uh, I believe that's a Canadian, uh, Western Canadian seed bank. Um, and the Cherry Pie Feminized, it's a descendant uh, of Durban Poison and Granddaddy Purple. Uh, so you can imagine uh, definitely a, a fairly indica dominant strain. Although, you know, the Durban gives it some of that uh, African sativa quality. So it's an interesting hybrid. So indica dominant hybrid with some sativa qualities. Um, get, gets its look from the Granddaddy Purple. So it's got um, pretty thick purple buds uh, coated with orange hairs. Um, really good for medical use for sure. Anybody who has uh, any kind of tension or nervousness, uh, stress in their life, which it seems that we all do these days, um, as well as people needing an appetite boost. Uh, if you're trying to gain a little weight, uh, this indica dominant uh, variety has that body high that uh, brings on some hunger as well as that cerebral effect that you get from the Durban. So it's an interesting hybrid. Uh, doesn't take too long to flower, eight to 10 weeks indoors. Um, so not too bad when it comes to uh, flowering time flavors, uh, sweet, tangy, uh, as you could imagine from that cherry pie. Uh, you know, the, uh, the granddaddy purple f uh, sweetness and candy flavor comes through, but also some of that Durban uh, tanginess and almost uh, sandalwood kind of uh, earthiness to it. Um, so it's interesting and, and, and it does have a cherry. It's interesting that they give it that cherry name too, because it has a little bit of that cherry flavor, not that CBD cherry, which is kind of like the fake cherry, but more like, uh, I don't know, just like what actual cherries taste like <laughs> hard to, hard to describe. Now, when you're growing it, uh, the cherry pie really loves light. So you want to give it plenty of light, make sure that it has a wet dry cycle and plenty of newts as well. Because uh, it's a pretty decent feeder when when given the proper amount of light, and uh, yeah, you'll start to see that purplishness, uh, you know, around day 50 or so, and by day 65 or so, you should be ready to harvest your cherry pie, feminized seeds. Uh, get them at RocketSeeds.com. That is our strain of the fortnight. So we hope you guys enjoy the cherry pie. Yeah, man. All right. And it reminds uh, me of the song. You know, she's my cherry pie. Oh, yes, Although I don't know if poison. they were talking about cannabis strains in, the, in, the, in that. They might have been talking about just a nice slice of cherry pie. Yeah, wholesome a, a lady friend treat. who, who uh, aspires at baking. <laughs> exactly. Okay, well, anyway, this is the cultivation uh, slash 90s metal rock section of the show. And um, each week, Dan uh, likes to discuss a grow topic that will ultimately help you become a better grower. So what do you want to tackle this week? Yes, this week is an interesting subject, and it is hydrophobic soil. Not hydroponics, but hydrophobic. What's like fear of water? <laughs> Indeed. Hydrophobia, oh. fear of water. And there is soil that over time, what happens is, uh, the soil gets compacted and it just gets thick and does not accept uh, the water, doesn't want to absorb. And this is also has to do with conductivity uh, as well, electrical conductivity. So there's a number of different ways that you can, uh, you can change your soil from hydrophobic to some, a soil that enjoys water. <laughs> Maybe you've noticed this with houseplants. Uh, hopefully you have not noticed this with cannabis plants, but after a while uh, you can water your plants and the water will just sit on top 
uh, of the soil and then somehow wind up underneath the soil without actually wetting the soil. It's this very strange um, process that occurs where the soil basically just stays dry and the, the, the water or the nutrient solution just travels straight through uh, without uh, moistening it at all. And it's very annoying and also can kill your plants because at that point they're not taking in any water or nutrients or anything. They're just drying out even though you think you're watering them. And it's it's really uh, an annoying thing. And there's a few different solutions. Uh, the best solutions uh, short in the short run are aloe or yucca powder um, as a surfacant. So it, it basically breaks the surface uh, that won't allow that water through. You can also use dishwasher liquid, uh, but you want to use uh, dishwashing liquid, but nothing with any scents or um, anything like that. Just a natural dishwashing liquid, one drop, uh, no more per gallon. Uh, same with the aloe and yucca, a very small amount uh, mixed in will allow that water to absorb into your soil. It just softens it up a little bit because really what's happening is the, the hardness of the water. Um, and so you need that surfactant uh, to actually let it absorb. Uh, another thing you can do is slightly raise the temperature of the water. Um, that will reduce some of that hydrophobic tension as well. Cold water uh, rolls off easier than warm water. So if you warm it up, you don't want it hot, obviously. You don't want to shock the roots or freak them out. Uh, but just slightly warming uh, the temperature just a few degrees will actually help uh, reduce that hydrophobia as well. Um, and then you can also agitate the surface of your soil. Um, basically, if it has like a hard crust on the top, you use your fingers or some type of light implement to agitate the surface and break through that kind of hard crust on the outside, um, loosen some of that up. There's not a lot of roots in that top uh, inch or so of soil, uh, but it can act as a barrier. So agitating that can really allow that water to, to get absorbed as well. So, uh, you know, and then there's long-term solutions uh, where you can use, uh, you know, kind of a no-till action where you just add organic matter on top over time and that'll help with absorption over time as well. That works better in outdoor or greenhouse type applications, but you know, you just want to improve on that soil and, and, and allow it to absorb that water uh, and nutrient solution. Um, so there's ways to solve that problem quickly and there's ways to mitigate the problem over time. And that way uh, you can keep your soil from being hydrophobic. Yeah, very important. I've never heard of such a thing. Hydrophobic. Interesting. All right. Well, there you go. That's, uh, that is the kind of information that you're going to get on this show. And uh, now it's time to take some questions from our listeners. If uh, you have a question that you would like answered on the show, uh, get in touch with us. You could email us, and that is info at growbudyourself.com. Uh, what do you say? You want to get started? Let's do it. Okay, let's go first to Hydro Tom, who writes, Hey, Dan. I'm a hydroponic grower, and I use hydrogen grow rocks as my medium. What is the best way to clean the rocks? Also, what's the quickest way? Thanks. So what would you say there to Hydro Tom? All right. Um, it's uh, two questions. Uh, the best way is not always the quickest, um, and also vice versa. <laughs> important to remember. Uh, also important to properly clean and sterilize those grow rocks between every use. Um, they are meant to imitate naturally occurring lava rocks. They're basically made using heat uh, to puff them out, and this creates a lot of 
uh, tiny spaces within them, uh, which allows the oxygen to permeate to the roots. Uh, and the roots will sort of cling around these airy stones. Um, the issue, though, is it also creates a lot of room for mold and diseases and viruses and things to hide uh, amongst those rocks. And, and, you know, when there's moisture and air and light, uh, you can have those type of situations. Now, the easiest way I've seen people clean their rocks is in a big wash tub with a drain, uh, like a large industrial-sized sink or something like that. A bathtub also works pretty well. Um, you basically soak the rocks in piping hot water, as hot as possible. Uh, agitate the rocks to remove any root particles or soil particles or anything that remains stuck to them. Uh, then you want to soak them in a mild bleach solution. This is basically 10% of less of uh, bleach to water uh, for an hour or so. Uh, and then thoroughly, thoroughly rinse them again in plain hot water. Uh, then you just want to let them dry out uh, and they should be ready to reuse. Just make sure they're thoroughly rinsed. You want to get all that bleach out of there. Um, if you had any sort of root maladies in your previous harvest, uh, you want to take extra care with this and make sure uh, that you kill off any potential viruses or bacteria there uh, before you reuse those grow rocks. But uh, you can reuse them time and time again uh, until basically they crumble into dust. So uh, good luck and enjoy and uh, keep them clean. All right. Yeah, thank you, Tom. Hope that helps you out there. Well, let's move on to Bill from Tuscaloosa who writes, I live in an illegal state and buying top shelf stuff is getting expensive. I have some seeds from crap weed that I bought years ago in a spare closet, so I'm probably going to use a no-till method and LED inflorescence and cover the closet walls with aluminum foil. Uh, there is no door on the closet, and I want to make sure the cat doesn't take a dump in there. Any advice? So, sort of unclear if that's a grow question or a uh, animal training question, but <laughs> what would you say to Bill? Yeah, <laughs> suddenly I'm the cat whisperer over here, you know, or uh, who's the guy, Cesar Milan with the dogs. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack uh, with uh, Bill's question here. Um, first of all, uh, you glossed over this, but why would you want to grow crappy Mexican seeds? <laughs> I'm not really sure what the motivation question. is there, except just the fact that they're free. Uh, but there's lots of affordable seeds out there. Check out rocketseeds.com for some options. Uh, you can even buy, like, I think, seeds by, like, the three-pack. Also, please don't use aluminum foil on your on the walls of your grow. Uh, flat white paint is as reflective, doesn't create hot spots or places for bugs to hide. So uh, I'm not a big fan of the aluminum foil. Even mylar I'm not a big fan of, but aluminum foil in particular is just a bad option. Uh, as for the cat and keeping it from, uh, defecating, I guess, in the closet, uh, you're going to need some kind of a door or a barrier. Uh, if I know cats, and I do know cats, uh, they are going to do everything they can to get in there and mess with things and either poop in the plants or nibble on the leaves or, you know, just in general, it's just not a good idea. The fur gets everywhere. So, um... You know, also, if you want your plants to flower, they're also going to need that 12 hours of uninterrupted darkness. So there has to be a way to contain your closet and light proof it either way. Uh, so uh, some kind of a door, light proof barricade uh, of some kind uh, will make sure that your plants can flower. It'll also hopefully uh, keep your feline from pooping on them and also 
from possibly eating the plants as well. So I hope that helps. Uh, if not right meow, then maybe later. Nicely done. Um, all right, Bill, you're a goddamn mess. Uh, sorry that that's, uh, that's the information we have for you, but hopefully that helps you out and uh, definitely keep us posted on that, on that growth. Let's move on to uh, some of our Patreon followers, our Patreon supporters, starting with uh, Austin Powers, who writes, Hi, Danny and Mike. I've been having some issues with gnats, so I bought some moss stuff to cover up the top of the pot. My question is about that product. Do I remove the cover to water, or do I just water through it? And will the moss cover be beneficial, or will it ultimately decay and cause issues later? I'm starting my new grow with Cheeseberry, and I've switched from Fox Farm Trio over to the Spartan Regiment from Nectar for the Gods. I'm hoping I made the right switch here, and uh, maybe hoping that you could share some thoughts about the Trio versus the Spartan line. Also, my tap water pH runs a little high, around 8 to 9. I sprinkled a little organic soil acidifier, hoping I will not have to balance the pH in the water. Will this approach work for me? So, um, what would you say there to Austin Powers? Alright, um, as far as the moss, uh, covering the top of the pot, that's a good idea. We'll help you, uh, get rid of those gnats. Um, it's always nice to have some type of a mulch on top, uh, as for watering, you may want to lift that moss up and water below uh, because if the moss is moist, it might encourage the gnats to uh, just basically move to the moss <laughs> instead of the top layer of soil if that moss is moist. If the moss is dry, uh, they will not do so. So it might make sense to actually water either from below or at least from below where the moss is. Um, but I don't think it's the end of the world if you water from above either, uh, as long as the moss dries out fairly quickly. Uh, it, it is beneficial to have uh, mulch above. It will eventually sort of decay, uh, and then you can add more. Uh, but mulch usually helps as long as it's made for that purpose. And it sounds like you purchased this specific uh, moss that is meant for you know mulching. If it's not, then you might need to do some research because you don't want to... In, you know, introduce any kind of weird uh, diseases or, you know, any, any issues. But I don't think you're going to have any issues if you just use it as a, uh, a mulch or a cover for your plants. Uh, as for the Spartan versus the uh, Nectar of the God, or the Nectar of the God Spartan versus the Fox Farm Trio, I don't really like to get into too much, uh, like, nutrient stuff. As long as you're using the uh, nutrients properly you should be fine with either one of those brands uh, i would start with you know half strength uh, and work my way up depending but uh both of those are you know well-known brands that that uh, create great plant foods um if your tap water ph runs high uh sprinkling the soil acidifier is a good approach uh but it's not necessarily the best the best way to know exactly what's going on um, eight to nine is pretty high for tap water pH. So I, what I would do is I would get your high pH, uh, tap water, then add my nutrient solution to that. And then I would use pH down, uh, to try to get that below seven. So somewhere around 6.5 or so, uh, in a soil grow. Uh, and that way I will know that what I'm adding isn't too high or too low. Uh, I would also test what was coming out 
from the soil at the bottom uh, to also see if maybe your medium has uh, risen in pH as well. Um, but just sprinkling uh, acidifier on top and hoping uh, that'll work is really just kind of uh, a guessing game, really. You're not really sure if, you're, if it's going to lower it to where you need it to be. Uh, it certainly is not going to hurt, hopefully, if you didn't put too much, but uh, I would be more scientific about it and really try to dial in and make sure I knew exactly where my pH of my solution that I add is and of my medium itself. So those are my answers for you, Austin, and I hope that helps. All right. Awesome. Uh, thank you, Austin. Thanks to everybody who wrote in this week. Uh, we, we do have one more. We're going to finish up the Q&A for this week over on Patreon. So if you want to hear about uh, burnt leaf tips and some harvesting info, head over to Patreon and get the rest of the Q&A. Um, but thanks to everyone who wrote in. If you have a question that you would like answered on the show, get in touch with us. Obviously, you can get us on Patreon, but you could also email us, and that is info at growbudyourself.com. Uh, what do you say we take a little break, then come back and wrap it up? Let's do it. All right, welcome back, and it is time for the wrap. I just want to say thank you to Kyle Cushman as an inspiration and a mentor and a friend. Uh, always a great guest, so thank you to him. Thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong uh, for the amazing song. Thank you to our sponsors, Rocket Seeds, Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients, and Excelsior Extracts. Uh, also, check out Vapor.com. Uh, you can use the code GBY for 15% off of everything there. Uh, check out our website, too, growbudyourself.com. We're about to have merch, you guys. Uh, it's pretty awesome. I actually am holding one of our water bottles as we speak. Um, we have coffee mugs. We have, we're going to have T-shirts. We're going to have uh, flip-flops, all kinds of cool stuff on our site very shortly. So if you're interested in merch, we're going to have it. If you sign up for our Patreon you're going to get some of that merch. If you're already on Patreon, you're going to get merch. So uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, sign up for Patreon at patreon.com slash Danny Danko. Uh, we are making an effort to put up a bunch of uh, material there for you guys that's exclusive for Patreon supporters. And uh, it's a great place to ask questions and just be part of the community. And you get a bunch of free stuff uh, when you sign up even for as low as $4.20 a month. So, uh, you know, I support a few shows on there. I hope you'll support our show. So there, there's bonus clips from episode 55. If you head over to Patreon, you'll get a little extra. Indeed. And there's a video there. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff. So um, thanks for that. And, uh, you know, support us on on YouTube as well. Uh, our YouTube channel, uh, Grow Bud Yourself on YouTube. Oh, and uh, oh, definitely don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, just go to growbudyourself.com. Uh, you can watch the episodes, listen to the episodes there. You can subscribe to the newsletter, and that's where we're going to have uh, the merch as well. Uh, I want to thank Mike, my co-host, my, my co-producer, my, uh, my friend, my partner. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, you guys, uh, episode 55 has been fun. Uh, next week, we will be back with episode 56. Uh, speeding down the road at faster than limit. I don't know if Sammy Hagar can stand it, but I know Diamond Dave is into it. <laughs> anyway, I hope you guys will stick around next week for episode 56. 
And uh, I guess we're done with episode 55, so let's put it in the books. <laughs>